What's going on, Chris? How are you? Man, just uh, just got back uh, from Arizona. So, uh, brother was winning an award there, flew out there. I get like this uh, 24 hour permission slip because I got four kids now. So, uh, flew in, got there at about 8 p.m. and had to leave the next day at about 4. So, just made it so, back and catch up on everything. So, Chris, you're one of five brothers, I think? Yeah, the five? middle of five. Middle yeah. of five. Uh, which one of your brothers was getting an award? Bruce, we're going to, we're going to have some fun here. Oh, so, uh, my younger brother, Rob. Bruce, do you know who that is? Uh, I, you know, Chris, I had to do some research because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm deep in this like software business world. Uh, not as much as heavy in the sports world. And, uh, Mr. Chris Gronkowski, <laughs> AKA <laughs> Rob, the Gronk's like brother. Jerseys, man. No. Dude, I did. I did a lot of. Uh, I did a lot of like video watching for this. So I, you know, I went through YouTube. I was watching the demo videos, Ice Shaker, um, obviously the Shark Tank episode, which I commend you for making the sharks play Flip Cup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, seeing uh, uh, what's her name, uh, like pour half the water out. It looked like on the table and just like figure out how to turn it upside down. And everything. It was entertaining. Uh, Barbara, yeah, she definitely cheated. But it was all good. <laughs> so, Chris, we're like we're super excited to have you on. A little backstory for everyone. So, Chris Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski's older brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, did you always just go by Gronk's brother? Is that like yeah? A thing? I was just about to say, like, what about like, Chris? Chris, you played in the NFL. You, you played. You know, it. you've got this. Is your business? Um, you know, yeah, you had the. I got to hang my jerseys up behind me just to let people know I even played because uh, <laughs> your brother is the best to ever do it. People kind of forget that uh, you also played four years yourself. So now it's all good, man. It's um, He's definitely made a name for himself and also for our family. And uh, it, it's an honor to, to play with him in college, you know, play against him in the NFL. And uh, we just do we're, – we're such a, a tight-knit family. So uh, I'm – Either way, man, I'm cool with it. I'm proud of everything he's done, and uh, we have a lot of respect for each other. That's awesome. So, so a little bit of backstory. So, you guys obviously got your investment from from Mark Cuban and A Rod. Um, when I was going through due diligence uh, with Mark's company, um, they had me talk to Chris. Just just like we started talking, and uh, Chris runs Ice Shakers, which uh, you guys do a significant amount of laser engraving, which kind of got us talking about decoration because we're in the printing business and <laughs> lasers, screen printers, you know, we're all decorating and shipping the wrong stuff out every or right stuff out every day. Um, <laughs> uh, and so uh, we actually just put it in an order. We got our we got our campus ink ice shaker right here. There, there you go. go. Hey. Um, and and the experience was insane. Like it was super fast. And so amongst all your other accolades, I thought it would be really cool to bring you on to talk business, decoration, laser engraving, and all the other cool shit you've done, obviously. So so welcome. And yeah, we can yeah. give Bruce some shit. Bruce, what team does Tom Brady play for now? Uh, it's the Buccaneers, right? There you go. We're one for one. There you go. There you go, man. Yeah. I think that's only because of like, you know, personal life stuff is, is like way more in the news than sports, but should should we ask another one? Bruce, who did, Oh boy. Where did, where did Rob retire from? That's a good question. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was telling you, Chris. <laughs> man. He was doing the research. Actually, I, when you said that, I wanted to ask, like, what was the first video that popped up on YouTube? Because I've heard some uh, hilarious stories when people go and start doing some research on us. Hold on one sec. We've got four amazing sponsors that help put the show on every single week. So if you're looking for a vendor to be able to help with this, give them a shout, give them a go. It's uh, really awesome that they can be able to help us put this on. All right, first up, 701-842. What are these? These are Stephen Farrick's favorite chemicals from EasyWay. EasyWay has environmentally friendly chemicals to help with the reclaim process and making sure that it runs efficiently. So if you value a company and really need a partner though to be able to help with best practices, how-tos, and questions, EasyWay is there. Go to easyway.com, check them out. They've got over 100 distributors that they work with and give them a go, test some stuff out. All right, next up, Multicraft. If you haven't heard of Multicraft underscore daddy, give them a follow on Instagram. If you need ink supplies or daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years have been providing you with top brands at competitive pricing. Make sure to mention Printable Pod to receive an extra 10% off your first order. Super color. All right, so if you think about this, if you print high color designs or gradients or just hard to print locations, Super color is there to be able to help. They have really incredible high quality transfers, but also they have just put out this really cool guide. And if you go to supercolor.com slash print hustlers, it's a new guide to be able to help you with heat transfers and a lot of the best practices. So things like how to price, what about buying the best heat press for what you do? What about different types of transfers? All of that stuff is in that guide that supercolor.com slash print hustlers. It's also in the link in the description below. And GraphX Source, shout out GraphX Source that if you need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, they are the go-to. And guess what? Five Boys Apparel has 15 artists from Graphic Source to be able to help them handle art approvals. Um, SEPs, they're doing some high volume printing. So they do SEPs, mock-ups, creative work, order management, digitizing, back office admin, customer service, all that good production art and order entry. Graphic Source can help you. Mention Printable Pod, that'll get you half off, 50% off your first SEP, or digitize or vectorize order. They've been around for 30 years. They are there to help. All right. Back to the show. Um, it was the two minute like demo video. Uh, the one that you made look like in your kitchen or something. And then um, which was like way older. But, you know, it, it, it was like, OK, cool. So that's that's like I'm big on the fitness side. So I was like, OK, that's why it's cool and, and nice to have. And then not having the ball in there and everything. And then the agitator. And then, then I purposely started looking, you know, got more specific, watched the shark tank and then, uh, went through the website and then Farrick's like, look at the customization aspect. So that's when I was diving deep onto the site and I, I do like deep research on the business side. So I'm like, okay, what are the, what are the businesses here? What are the like associations that are related to this? And, uh, you know, am I getting retargeted? What do the ads look like? And, uh, you know, that, that flow, that's, that's coming, coming for that's weeks now. They're coming for you. All the retarded. <laughs> yeah, I was I was told last time when someone started doing research that the first video they saw was um, a video of us slip and sliding through our house in college. 
And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. So <laughs> got, a, got a pretty good rep for, for partying back in the day, but I definitely have slowed down since then. Chris, I, I got to ask. So like retiring from the NFL, did you take time in between playing professional sports and starting Ice Shaker to like, like what was that inception light of like complete career change, life change? And then like, I'm going to start a drinkware company. Yeah, you guys are going to like this because it actually, um, you probably didn't even know about this, but it, it's even more customization that actually uh, occurred between the NFL and, and Ice Shaker. So uh, my third year in the NFL, I went to three different teams. So I was with the, the Cowboys and then um, I, I went to the Colts and I got traded to the Broncos. So my third season, um, my my now wife was with me and she's like, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, I had to get a new job everywhere I go. I'm going to find a way to work from home. So she started a personalization business on Etsy. Uh, it took off when I, my third year ended, I was in between contracts. I started working with her, uh, started really doing well. And then I signed with the chargers, ended up getting hurt in camp and went back. And, um, for the first five years after the NFL, I worked with her. Uh, we had a website, we had multiple Etsy shops and I was actually making more money doing that than I was playing in the NFL. So this is Bruce. (laughs) If you saw Bruce's Bruce, what does your week look like with your wife? Wait, wait, what, what products was it? First off, Uh, this is hilarious. This is going to get funny. It was, um, she still has a shop. Um, it's, it's probably one of the, one of the bigger shops that's still on there, but it's all more like wedding gifts. Uh, so a lot of it was, um, wedding industry. Um, it is a a great premium. For sure. Uh, we realized really quickly that with weddings are never going away. Uh, and it's not a purchase of one. It's a purchase of, you know, eight, 10, 15, uh, cause it's bridesmaids. It's, it's the entire wedding party. So, uh, kind of took off at that point And, um, you know, it was something I never thought I would do, but yeah, I left the NFL and the next thing I know I was making wedding gifts. Dude. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm sure you've gone through the trials and tribulations of fulfillment, um, you know, my wife's also doing something similar, but she's more like making, uh, she's Filipino and she's been making Filipino like a, a, a retail brand. So super niche, but it's been, you know, popping off pretty well, especially at events. And, uh, so Bruce, you guys did your, don't, don't be bashful. You did your first event over the weekend. Yeah, she did her first event. She did really great. She sold out everything, you know, a lot of lessons learned, but then now having to fulfill all these orders. Right. And I'm texting Steven like, okay, you know, I've got all these stack of labels. I've got these stack of packing slips. I've got this. I need to print. I've got this heat press. I've got like all this, like, how am I, you know, matching all this up. If if I can, if I can read a text message, uh, fulfillment is fucked. How does anyone do e-com at first? (laughs) Uh, what was the other one, Bruce? Um, I said the biggest thing was, this is the true test of a marriage of being in a room fulfilling orders, you know, and, and, and like at 11 o'clock at night, uh, just crap everywhere. Um, and then, you know, done with packaging and things left over and you're like, Oh my God, did, you know, did we put the wrong thing in the wrong package? And it's just, that sounds I, should, like- I should share this text thread cause it's so funny. And then over the weekend, Bruce is like temperature. What, what's the heat press supposed to be at? <laughs> Bruce, you're on a, you're on a, a software company for this. It was, wow. it was fun. Doing that out anyway. of your house too. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's, she's just like, you know, hustling, bustling, but yeah, in the house it's great, but it's still, 
It was that, is that where you guys are still and just, you know, into the garage and, or is it in a space now? Uh, so first three years were our house and, um, it took up our, our spare bedroom. We actually had laser engravers in our spare bedroom, uh, which then, uh, the you know, fumes. inventory of yeah, the fumes were blowing out the window into like my neighbor. <laughs> did you have like yeah. a fan blowing it or was it? Well, well, for sure did. We had multiple fans running in the house and, uh, they're like, I mean, is this a meth lab? People walking by or what's going on? We had the cops come by our house the first couple months that we lived there, probably probably 10 times because they were like, I don't understand what's going on here. So uh, finally, they came to our door and knocked and were like, hi, we keep getting calls. Can we come in? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Come on in and check out what we got going on here. But we were that neighborhood uh, or we were that house in the neighborhood where like we just had boxes stacked on the front porch like. You couldn't even see our front door, uh, and the, the the USPS lady just hated us. She had to come pick them up every day. But people would drive by and take pictures of our porch because we had so many packages on it. But yeah, it eventually got to the point where it, yeah, I had to hire employees. I mean, my whole life was custom engraving items all day long. I mean, I was working every single day from six a.m. to you know ten, eleven p.m. just trying to get orders out. So. Um, you got it. It got insane. Yeah, it was it was absolutely out of control. So we finally got a place and started hiring employees at that point. So and and explain how Ice Shaker got started first too, and then because obviously there's a lot more in there now, <clears throat> a lot of different types of drinkware. But the first one was an actual shaker, which you know you may not know about if you're not at a gym or, or uh, heavy into fitness. Yeah, for sure. No, we started. Um, it's 2016. I was here in Dallas. It's actually a time when insulated drinkware was starting to just blow up for the first time. So Yeti became massive. Um, in our shop, people just kept walking in and trying to get us to engrave Yeti. So we used to drive around to the stores and like buy every single Yeti possible. And then the value of them was just through the roof. We'd buy them full retail, but then people would pay like 120 bucks for it to be laser engraved. So uh, it, it was just mayhem. But at the time, I started using one, and then I went to the gym. I grab a plastic shaker. I get to the gym. It was warm. It's sweating everywhere. I take a sip. It tasted awful, and uh, it just hit me one day. I'm like, why hasn't this technology been put into a shaker bottle form? Uh, so went home that day. Figured someone already did it because every time you think you thought of something new or cool, you know, it's already on on Amazon. So jumped on Amazon, jumped on Google, searched for it, and there was just nothing out there at that time. There was there was metal shakers, but they weren't insulated. So metal's the conductor. If you put cold or hot in it, it literally is going to burn or freeze your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had plastic shakers, and that was it. So the idea was just take that same technology, put a shaker top on it, and um, that's what I did. Uh, super simple idea. Uh, ended up being a lot harder than I thought it would ever be, probably 20 prototypes later. Um, the hard part is just getting it not to leak. I mean, you you – with plastic, it seals. With metal to plastic, you have to use a seal. Uh, it's much harder to uh, to make it, and it took a lot of different um, tests to finally get it right. Um, so, like I, Chris, when we started talking, Chris shipped me one of these, and uh, this is still the original one. And then my wife got a hold of it and goes, "Order me one." So she has a white marble one, and then she ordered <laughs> it for her friends. And then a couple people at Campus Inc. got them, and now every single employee wants one. So they're pretty sick, I will say. Um, you've you've like developed a pretty rad rad product. What was that R and D time like? Like, did you go to China a bunch? Were you like working on Alibaba and like WhatsApp? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, how do you find? Yeah. A how do you how do you source? This? And like, it's metal. Is it like 
painted and drinkware, like safe EPA. I don't know. Like, tell us about that. Yeah, man. I mean, at first I had no clue. So, uh, my wife was bringing in products. So we did start sourcing our own products and branding our, our own products for her, her shop. So, uh, we had that connection already. He was actually a tradesman. Uh, he was able to really source anything for us at that time. So he's almost like a sourcing agent. Interesting. Uh, so we were able to use him, you know, made it very basic at first. It was pretty much just an insulated cup with a shaker top on it. Uh, and that was pretty much it. So use that connection. Um, really at that time, didn't, didn't even know about, you know, sending it off to get tested and, you know, making sure all the materials were good. You know, you kind of, kind of just assume that they were, uh, which is definitely not a good idea. So it's like uh, when you were on Amazon, you get that piece of paper in the cup. That's like safe. Please review yeah. us and get $10 back. And you're like, all right. <laughs> and that's, and that's actually, you know, people do do that where they just order stuff and, um, they have no idea. I mean, all of our stuff now is third party tested. You know, we, we make sure all our materials are what we say they are. We make sure it's a kitchen grade stainless steel, BPA free, all that kind of stuff, all, you know, toxin free and all that. So, um, yeah, first, yeah, really, really didn't know. Uh, I think we got lucky that our, our guy we were working with was actually legit and, uh, yeah, was able to take care of us and, and do a pretty good job. So uh, went through him probably 20 prototypes later, kind of just to get it right. Uh, but, you know, they will do all, um, you know, if they think you're a legit uh, buyer, they are going to do the drawings for you. They're going to significantly help you out because they want your business. So uh, the hard part is when you first start and you have no, uh, you know, history of, of buying product, it's very hard to first find a manufacturer. But then, uh you know, also just uh, get them to make quantities that are smaller. You know, they're going to want massive orders at first uh, and they're not going to really put the time and effort into it until they know you're going to be a big customer for them. Bruce, you're dealing with this right now with Crusette, like in the scrubs, right? Like what's yeah. that been like? She, so my wife's also working on like a, a scrub brand, um, which is like a technical, you know, fabric with zippers and different pockets and all this stuff. But the same thing, you know, if you go to Asia and minimums are 300 and uh, plus fabric. And so you're talking a pretty significant investment before you have your marketing engine. Like there's no momentum really yet. And uh, so she's been doing it out here in L.A. But um, same thing, right? It's like such high cost to get started. And then hopefully you get economies of scale to to bring it down. But that R&D process is time consuming, slow, back and forth expensive so you know props to you guys for for pushing through that because i gotta imagine so many people just give up there oh absolutely it, it, that was the worst part ever uh it was actually 20 prototypes later the pop top itself we never had issues with uh so this actual pop top here it always sealed we never had issues with it the first order we put in bulk order um got the products i immediately took them out of the box i tested them made sure they were good uh, got it through three of them. The fourth one took it, held it upside down as it was closed and it just leaked all over the floor. Uh, <laughs> so we found out that half of them, they were made, the pop tops were made in, in twos for whatever reason. Uh, every other one was messed up. So they, they weren't sealing correctly. You couldn't tell the difference by looking at them. So we had to literally change the lids on all 10,000 bottles that we received. Uh, it was quite the process just in the garage. Just, it was uh, up in this room I'm in right now. We had all the bottles and um, I would after work, after I work with my wife, I'd come home and at five o'clock, I'd just sit here and just change tops. Off, yeah. off lids. And it took, took months. I mean, it took so, months. so you placed your first order for like 10,000 units. That's not like just like 
cheap or whatever, and you're taking a massive risk, and that's before you have any sales, right? Or were you, did you try to take pre-orders or anything? Or oh, this this was no sales at all. That's the gamble we we had on uh, uh, the founder of a company called AS Color makes um, wholesale blank uh, apparel, and same thing, twenty thousand shirts. You know, he has to bite the bullet, and then they're all boxes in his garage. And uh, here's how we, now we need to figure out how to sell these. Exactly what it was. And I would, I mean, I guess I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and didn't realize how much work it would actually take to sell the product. Uh, yeah, I figured everyone else was going to see how cool it was and jump on board, but it's tough. I mean, building anything from the ground up, it doesn't matter if you already have a fall. I mean, I had a following and it was kind of like, Hey, the 1% rule, if I can get 1% of people to buy this, I'm going to crush and we'll sell out of these right away. And, uh, just not the case at all. I, I did have somewhat of a following, but it was because I was an athlete, not because I built this great audience that was engaged, that I was engaging with. Uh, and and I posted and put it everywhere I possibly could. And I think we sold like three bottles the first week. You know, that's, so this is really interesting. We're starting to work with athletes. We've got some athletes that have like a half a million followers on Instagram. Um, and we build out this stuff, custom merch, we're going to do all this thing. And like, you'll have one athlete pop off and the other one will sell four pieces. Yep. And it's like, just because you have a name tied to your back doesn't mean you're going to sell something. Did you struggle with that early on? Cause you're like, wait, we're the Gronks. Like this should pop off. What's going on? Like, what was that like? Yeah, man. No, it definitely, it didn't matter. Um, people, they, they're not just going to buy something that they've never heard of before just because you recommend it. Right. Uh, so I found that out really quickly uh, to get sales really going. I had to get reviews. I had to build trust. And, uh, I did that by first using Amazon, you know, borrowing their audience was to play at that point. Um, I found ways at, at the beginning, not to spend any money on advertising at all, but to just do it organically. So went on and there. This is all retail then Chris, like all direct to consumer, all retail, no wholesale at this time. Correct. Yeah. I didn't wholesale for a couple of years actually. Um, just because we didn't have stock. And when we got on Shark Tank, it just exploded. So we didn't even have product to wholesale at first. But yeah, this was just D to C. Uh, did everything I could to get our listing ranked in the top three for Shaker Bottle, which was the most relevant and biggest term that I could rank for. Uh, and then just did a bunch of shows, like went to every show I possibly could uh, on the weekends just to get the product out there and get it into people's hands. So um, well, talk really, about the ranking thing. Um you know, uh, like, is that like an SEO type of strategy where it's like the keywords have to rank correctly and, and, you know, really good photos and all this stuff and that'll help get you up in ratings and all that big time. Yeah. So it was a strategy we, we took from Etsy actually, um, the whole Etsy strategy and why we were doing so well on Etsy was that we realized really quickly that, you know, if we ranked number one for the top terms, we were going to, you're going to make bank. Uh, so that's what we did. And then on Etsy, what we actually did was we made separate shops because we realized that you can only have at that time, at least you can only have one listing per shop that ranked on the front page for each term. So for instance, like bridesmaid gifts was the biggest term we could possibly rank for, uh, for, for anything in the wedding industry. So, uh, we, we created three shops so that we could take over the top three spots with three different shops and, uh, just triple the revenue. So genius pretty cool strategy we used there um then they went public and they said you couldn't have more than one shop and shut down two of them and became enough <laughs> uh, so that so that obviously became, multiple people figured this out we're just like cloning their stores and it, it, well, it was a pretty cool strategy because at that time my wife had her store and then i made mine and we almost competed against each other 
but it was such a different vibe because mine was such a, you know, it was, it was male focused and it was a guy doing it and hers was, you know, so much more, you know, female focused. So I was pretty cool. And I don't, I don't think anyone even knew that we were the same shops. So it was, it was a pretty cool strategy. And then we had a third one kind of just that we kind of blended together just to take up that third spot. But uh, that same strategy then applied to Google or um, applies to Google with SEO, but to Amazon uh, was very similar though. You know, it was the pictures. Uh, it was the keywords. It was the title. Uh, it, and what I would do was I would just look at the top listings for my keywords and I'd see what they all had in common. So, you know, they all had, you know, eight photos. They were good photos. Some of them were lifestyle. A lot of them were product shots. Uh, and then it was just keyword stuffing. You know, they had all these keywords in the title, but they also had them in the description. They had them in the bullet points. Uh, and really just broke down these listings to figure out why they were at the top and why mine wasn't. Chris, uh, do you have like an agency or anything help you with like SEO or do you, were you just like, I'm just going to figure this out on myself, like on your own? The, everything was my own uh, at the beginning. You know, it was just the ultimate grind is what it was. Uh, so I just would, you know, it was YouTube. It was kind of just, you know, learning on my own, just looking at what other people were doing and then realizing why it was successful and why mine wasn't. So, yeah, it was just, it was, it was before I had kids. I can tell you that and had a lot more time on my hand. <laughs> Farrakh, do you, do you think about SEO with your long running like Shopify stores? We're, we're starting to a ton now. Um, but we, we don't, you know, I like, tried to hire an agency for a little bit and like just didn't, they like so, weren't fast enough. Yeah. SEO is always, and I did the same thing. So I hired an agency early on. Uh, I got kind of frustrated with it cause you don't see the results, but I could tell yeah. you now some of those articles from that agency, they get 300, 400 hits a day. Uh, at this point. So it drives slow burn to our website. They just know exactly what to write. Yeah. Mm. One of them's like top five, uh, like do do's or don'ts for protein shakes. One of them's like, you know, uh, here's five breakfast protein shakes. Like those two articles themselves each drive hundreds of clicks a day. Uh, And it's been been like four years. Bruce, you guys are crazy. Like at Printavo early on, you're using like hrefs.com to figure out what all the search keywords for. And you were just blogging Mm -hmm. every single day on Printavo. And it was like those random blogs. Yeah. There's a couple tools for people. uh, Spy, S-P-Y-F-U.com and then A-H-R-E-F-S.com to help see what keywords you should target for and then you can measure articles so like that the like protein shake article you could say here's the article and then here's the keywords i want to target and where am i ranking over time and then to your guys's points it, it just takes time like it you you know you you can optimize all you want but it takes time for it to to for google to to recognize it and, and realize that it's valuable what about okay how do you attribute this is like something i struggle with because we run a lot of d to c and we don't run a lot of wholesale, right? It's really hard to attribute marketing to wholesale because it's like relationships and referrals and all that. But you like, I don't know, Chris, if you've ever cracked this, but like marketing to maybe me as a reseller or buying in bulk versus marketing to a guy at the gym, do you have different strategies for that? Or do you just focus on D to C when it comes to like SEO? Uh, so SEO wise, I don't think we've really written anything uh, SEO wise. For wholesale, uh, we mm-hmm. do we do target wholesale through ads. though. pretty pretty simple ads. Um, the my most effective one, I literally take the bottles that we engrave with some of the cool engravings we done, and I just literally am just taking a video with me holding it and kind of spinning it, and then I'll just 
uh, cycle it through like eight to 10 different logos really quick. And uh, we, we target then uh, business owners on Facebook and Instagram. And it's wow. done and, very, very and well. If, for if mm. listeners or anyone watching, so Ice Shaker has an awesome Instagram. And then Chris, you personally have a pretty big following on Instagram, like over 100,000 followers. Are you making all these videos yourself? Because you're, you're on it all the time. I mean, is this all you? Uh, all the videos, a lot of them are me. Um, if I'm in the video, I'm shooting that myself in this, this room that I'm sitting in right and now. And editing yourself? For the most part, yeah. Uh, the wow. text overlays I don't normally do, but everything else, like actually editing the video and what I'm saying is all me for the most part. But um, yeah, we, we have a good team. Um, we have a lot of content. We have a lot. I mean, it's, it's all about content now. So we try to pump out as much content as we possibly can. But uh, man, it really, I really started just doing videos myself because of TikTok. You know, TikTok exploded. Uh, I exploded with it in 2020. Uh, all from a challenge, man. I had a podcast myself and a kid came on and was like, why do why do I have a bigger following than you on TikTok? And, uh, you know, kind of challenged me to just post once a day for 30 days. I did within 30 days, I had 50,000 video views or I'm sorry, 50 million video views. And, um, it just exploded. Like I gained 300,000 followers in, in one month. Uh, so we realized how powerful content was at that point. I was actually driving more traffic to my website from TikTok than I did from a Shark Tank update or a Shark Tank. Wow. It's pretty. Wow. Wait, for, for, for people that want to get into content, we, we always talk about content is so important to, to drive business. You said 30 for 30 days. I think it may be hard to start as to what to film and what to do. What, like, how did you think about that? And what, what did you make? Yeah, just, it's kind of exactly what you're doing for the podcast. Whatever you're super passionate about, uh, that's what you talk about. You know, if, if you absolutely love custom printing, there's things you could talk about, different machines, different techniques, um, you know, different sales techniques, all that kind of stuff. So for me, it was, um, you know, what I was passionate about and what I knew a lot about was, was sports and football. So, uh, and entrepreneurship a little bit, I mixed in, but it was all kind of the behind the scenes of the NFL stuff that I started talking about. And then I just started answering questions that people asked me. That's really what fueled it at that point. But I, I tell people all the time, I mean, I've seen people on there that, you know, they talk about taxes and they have a massive following. Um, yeah. You know, there's the people on there that, I mean, it's weird stuff, but it's it's very informational uh, and they've grown massive followings because of it. I mean, I've seen people that talk about staffing, you know, hiring and, and how to hit, like land your dream job, stuff like that. And they have a million followers. So, um, <laughs> you know, whatever you're super passionate about, you're going to realize really quickly that there's also a lot of other people that are too. And whatever you're super passionate about, you can talk about forever. You know, you can talk all day, every day uh, about what you love doing. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah, people. that's super true about our industry. Like we're all in all the Facebook groups together talking about it all together. So like it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it resonates in, in every industry. It's crazy that you say TikTok because um, we were, we just interviewed um, Music City Creative out of, out of Nashville and they have been doing so much D2C from there. Um, do you like how do you track what comes from TikTok versus what comes from Facebook versus like what, you know, like do you use some system or something or like what's, what, what does that like dashboard look like? Cause like we don't have that. <laughs> well, Shop, Shopify does a good job of picking up. It seems like it does a better job of picking up TikTok than it does Facebook and Instagram actually. Um, yeah. so we do see it come in on the Shopify dashboard. You'd use UTMs in your, in your uh, actual ads if you're putting ads up. Um, you can put UTMs on your links as well and your profiles if you want to really dig down deep and, and track that as well. 
but the, you see the traffic come in. Um, you see the sales come in right on the Shopify dashboard uh, for the most part. So it, it's been been easier to track than some of the other. Are platforms. you part of that TikTok beta for, for like Shopify integration? Or did you get uh, early access to that? I'm not 100 percent sure. We we haven't. We haven't seen a lot of success on conversions uh, outside of just organic with with TikTok. So, um, and then the shop stuff. I mean, a lot of times it's just so early and it's super you know, like the functionality of it just is terrible at yeah. first. What but it, it's it's crazy that you say like it got more exposure than like the Shark Tank update or Shark Tank episode. And I think it's just it's wild to see like the change. Right? If we could talk about Shark Tank for like one minute. I mean, obviously you guys all went on there. Did you apply or did the show be like, Hey, we want you to get on here. Like how did that, how did that go down? If you're allowed to talk about it? No, for sure. So I got an email in 2012 when I was still playing for my agent. Uh, they were looking for any current or former NFL players for them. It's just a way to grow the show. You know, they know if they get some players on there, it's going to you know pull in some of the NFL audience as well. So I uh, got that email 2012, loved the show, had absolutely nothing to present at the time. So I saved it. Ended up emailing that email back about four and a half years later. And um, girl didn't work there anymore, but she passed me on to the girl that did. And uh, at that point, they're like, hey, uh, we'd love to see what you got going on. If you could submit a video, uh, we'll, we'll review it and get back to you. So uh, I did get to skip like, you know, you usually have to go to like a convention and uh, like trade shows and stuff and like present in front of some people. And you have to go through multiple steps to get to the video submission normally. So I was able to pass all those. Uh, I made a ridiculous video at the point where I was like, you know, ripping off my shirt. I made sure that my brothers joined in on it, uh, crushing workouts, showing like highlights from my NFL career, like scoring my one touchdown. I had all that and I threw it on there and uh, I was like, man, this is either going to be the worst or the, the best video they've ever seen. And so submitted it. Um, you submitted it as an unlisted video on, on YouTube. I can't find my video, though. Like at that time, I had no clue how to use email or, or YouTube or anything. So I submitted, I think I'm my brother's, my younger brother's platform at the time. And uh, I can't find the video anymore. So I don't have it. I've been asking <laughs> like it. It's, it's going to leak. It's, it's going to so leak weird. like 10 years from now or something like that. It'll be real weird. It's on there. It's unlisted on YouTube somewhere. And uh, you submit it and then you wait. So waited like three or four days. And then uh, I checked every day to just see if anyone actually watched it. And then after a couple of days, I saw there was like, like five watches on it. I'm like, Oh shit. Something happened here. So, uh, ended up getting a call like that day or the next day. And they were like, yeah, um, we loved your video, love the product. We'd love to, to go to the next steps with you. And that's really like a, and a massive process of just filling out nonstop paperwork, uh, before you actually get onto the show to, to actually film, uh, in which then you don't know if you're actually going to air or not until about two weeks before the show uh, actually airs. So they won't tell you uh, until you actually uh, are about two weeks out. So you have two weeks to prepare for your airing uh, is what it comes down to at the end of the day. So this is, this is like, I've learned a little bit of behind the scenes of like just kind of getting to work with Mark and his team and stuff. And it's crazy that they film in what, like two or three weeks and then they get like 20 episodes out of it. So like, um, actually there wasn't, there was an NIL company that got booed off, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and they filmed in September or like they filmed in the fall and it aired in May, but I had reached out to Mark in between them without knowing that there was an NIL company that got booed off by like 
Kevin O'Leary just like said they were bozos or something like that. <laughs> and so that was literally coincidence that like, but what's funny is like when I emailed Mark, I have read receipts on my email. So I was like watching like, and I texted, it. I was like, he read it. Oh, it's open. What the hell? And then like response comes back and you're like, well, crap, what do we do now? Um, so, uh, that's, that's super cool. Um, and then would you call that like a pivotal moment? Like when you guys went on the show and it aired, like things exploded from there? Like, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it, it, huge. I mean, I wish I knew what I was doing at that point, but I had no idea. Uh, but yeah, it, it was at that time we had one product, one color, one size. That was it. Uh, sales before that we were at 80 K for the first six months. And that week, I think it was that week. I think we, I think it was that month we did about 250 K in sales. And then, Whoa. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. How did you fulfill all of that? And I'm assuming you didn't have the stock or maybe you did, but I, I just yeah. get a little uh, anxious thinking about the fulfillment of all that. <laughs> so we, we had the stock and then the good thing was that because it was one bottle and that's all we had, we could actually uh-huh. prepackage them all as well. So, uh, uh, we just had, we had the shipping set up already. Uh, we had them prepackaged in singles, doubles, triples, uh, all the way up to the quantities of six. And, uh, it was all ready to go. So all we had to do was slap a label on it. Cause you know, people couldn't add like, you know, all the add-ons we have now. So if we aired now packing would have, would have took weeks, uh, you know, if, if we got that much, it would have been a lot more volume. Is this so still in your house? No, absolutely not. We've been in. We've we've moved three different warehouses now. At this point, I mean, two hundred fifty thousand wow. bottles or whatever. Like, I, is that a semi? No, so it was, <laughs> no, it's two hundred fifty thousand in sales. So, um, oh, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't that much. Um, that many bottles. So that was probably like it was probably like ten thousand bottles wow. around there uh, at that point. So, no, it was and, definitely. And it, yeah. it was. It was a lot of volume for sure, but um, nothing so, like insane. I, I, uh, I was talking to Bruce about this. If you go to iceshaker.com, you guys don't just sell ice shakers anymore. You sell like premium drinkware, lots of different colorways, like stuff that's female focused, like skinny bottles, you know, different right, things like that. And you laser engrave them and customize them. And it's freakishly fast how quickly you guys do that. So, yeah. So we took, man, it was, it was kind of a crazy run. Um, one bottle, one color one size when we aired, uh, immediately knew like, Hey, we got to grow. We got to get new, we got to get more stuff. So started coming in with colors. I couldn't hit the MOQs for colors, uh, at that time. So we just made different color bands on them. So it was just black bottles. And then we changed out the silicone bands on the top, uh, to kind of give us some different colorways. Uh, so that's how we originally did it to get, get over that. Uh, then started creating new bottles. So different sizes, we came out with a 16 ounce shaker. Uh, we then came out with a, a skinny tumbler and really it was all just feedback from our customers at that time. Uh, but man, like I took all the money from the sharks, from the show, uh, from all the sales that came in from it. And I just kept putting it back into the company. So, uh, everyone was like, man, it, it must be awesome. You guys must be killing it. And we did, I mean, we were profitable from day one. Uh, I was profitable before shark tank. I mean, it, it was doing really well. And I was, yeah, it wasn't something where I was just dumping a ton of money into it. You know, I was, I was growing it slowly at first, but, uh, it was two and a half years before I ever took a penny back from the company, uh, at all. So no salary, uh, wasn't taking any dividends. I was taking every dollar we had and I was just putting it right back into the company. So, uh, we grew, we grew, uh, to probably 80 SKUs after the first year and then over a hundred, uh, in our second year. And now we probably have over probably around over 150 SKUs at this point. 
this audience that that listens are uh, shops, people that work in shops, people that that buy wholesale stuff. Of which, check out Ice Shaker. There's a there's a, a, a wholesale opportunity to buy these really great corporate and, and fitness gift and all kinds of stuff there too. But um, how does that work? And how did you dive into that? Because it seems like shops have this this balance of doing retail and wholesale but at the same time they're they are a bit different in business and in the process and um the account management aspect and all that yeah so wholesale i guess i mean we didn't wholesale at first because we didn't have product but um you know i guess at first also i I didn't want to just discount product uh for wholesale either i was like man this is just taken away from my margin so I didn't see the value of it, uh, there, but there is there's a ton of value in, in working with good partners um, in, in wholesale and the product as well because you know, that that money that you lose that you're giving um, to them for margin, you know, they're taking that and they're they're also marketing your product. And if they do a good job, they really help build your audience as well. So uh, we really started digging deep into wholesale about year three uh, and realized then at that point, like you, know, you don't have to spend all this money on. Uh, uh, Facebook ads, you know, you can, you can wholesale and it's guaranteed profit. You know, uh, they're going to then start talking about your brand and really getting eyeballs on it as well. So that's when we really started digging into it. Uh, we brought on a sales team. I didn't have a sales team at all for the first three and a half years. Uh, so at, at that point we finally brought on a sales team and, um, we now have five sales reps at this point. Wow. All right. First, first sales rep. A lot of folks ask, uh, how, how, how you get the first sales rep set up, right? Cause there's no process for that. What was your experience there and how, how do you, how did you set them up for success on the wholesale side? Yeah, man, I got lucky because he was already working for me, helping me with fulfillment. And, um, he just loved, loved the product. It's my, one of my first employees, but, um, he would just naturally reach out to companies and just say like, Hey, have this awesome product. I think it would fit really well with your brand. A lot of it was supplement companies at that time. And, uh, man, he just started selling like crazy, huh. uh, for us. So, uh, just that emailing point, or DMing or just emailing, um, DM, uh, definitely DMing on Instagram as well. Uh, so really the big play, uh, once we switched them over, you know, we realized like, man, like there's definitely something here. Um, you know, Facebook ads were starting to get a little bit harder and, and more expensive. So, uh, switched him over to just do sales full time at that point. And it was all DMing through Instagram, uh, especially in the fitness industry, like everyone, everyone in the fitness industry is on Instagram. Uh, so DMing through there and then, uh, emailing and then LinkedIn's LinkedIn's a great tool as well. Uh, since then we have added, uh, emails, you can buy email list or, um, you know, just really just doing a great job of collecting email at shows, uh, has been a huge asset for us as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, or just, going to shows and, and just making connections. If you do a good job, people talk, um, especially if you get stuff out quick, people really like to tell other people about that. Or, you know, it really does really well for us because everyone waits till the last minute to order. So at some point, something will come up like, oh, something last minute. And they're like, Oh, hit up ice shaker. You know, they'll get it done in the same week. It, I mean, it was crazy. We did 200 water bottles and then 25 of them were personalized with names like laser engraved and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they were at our doorstep within four or five days. It was what, like can crazy. You, can you share some of that efficiency, like learnings that to be able to fulfill quickly? 
Yeah, for us, I mean, we realized with my wife's business that if we got out the door quickly, it all just organically came back to us. So people got excited. A lot of times people would actually email and be like, hey, um, you guys shipped my order out, but you forgot to customize it. And um, we're like, you know, actually, no, we did customize it. They're like, no, I ordered yesterday. Like, you guys forgot to customize it. We're like, no, we customized it. It's on the way. So uh, they'd be so impressed with the turnaround times because a lot of times it will take two, three, four weeks to get a custom item. So uh, just naturally, they'd come back and order from us when they, whenever they were in a pinch. But they'd also just talk about it because it was they were so impressed with the service. So uh, for us, I mean, we've always just brought in the best technology to get it out the door quick. Uh, so at first it was, um, you know, we'd use the flat deck lasers, but we realized pretty quickly that if we want to get this stuff out the door, we need, we need the, the biggest, fastest lasers. So we use, uh, they call them gravel lasers and, uh, they have mirrors on them. The, the laser shoots from like every angle at this point, and we can actually spin 10 bottles at a time. So, uh, it took our engravings down from, you know, an average engraving was probably three minutes, maybe three and a half minutes, uh, down to at this point, 30 seconds. Uh, per per engraving, and sometimes if it's just a normal like smaller logo, it it will take you know five to ten seconds a bottle, uh, and then it spins so you could actually live feed it. So you're never stopping to take bottles out, put them back in. Uh, you're actually just live feeding it as it's spinning. Um, so it's it very very efficient. So we actually run teams of two people uh, on a laser, and one person's unpacking, um, you know, and the other person's just putting in the laser, taking it out, and then. The other person's just packing it back. Did, up. did you have to develop like a lot of software for that automation to be like, like how much of that, like, did you have to invest in engineering or like workflow management or like, cause I think just that right there is kind of my, I mean, it's anyone who's a screen printer, like totally understands what you're saying there. Like how much did you have to invest in building that flow out? Man, um, I, I have had all kinds of companies reaching out like, like NetSuite and all that and um, showing me these really, really awesome dashboards where you can really kind of connect all these flows and put all the logos into it and uh, connect it to the orders and all that. But um, the end of the day, I went on Trello and uh, used a free service on Trello and, and we index all of our cards on there with the orders. And um, it's been a, a very seamless process for free. So, it, it <laughs> so really, you still use Trello today? Still use Trello. Yeah, it's it's super easy. You know, I think people are always surprised too. I, out of college, I worked in consulting and our gig was at Abbott Labs, uh, you know, big pharmaceutical company and everything. And, you know, people want to automate and do all that stuff. And like a multi-billion dollar company, they're basically running off Excel sheets. Uh, like they're passing around different slices of data of Excel, you know, and, and it's just, I mean, sure, they'll have a foundation system, you know, uh, uh, an Oracle type. But out of that, straight Excel and, and different project management tools, which is kind of funny. Yeah. It's, no, man, I, I definitely highly recommend Trello. It's, 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 uh, it's been, it's just super easy to use. It's free. And, um, we, we preload everything on there. I mean, all, all that our, uh, engravers have to do is just download one file and upload it and that's it. Yeah. And they're good to go. But yeah, it's, it's kept us super organized and, um, it, it's worked well for us. And I mean, when it's a free service that works that well, you really can't beat it. What are, what are the, uh, what are the challenges now scaling? I mean, I think one, well, no, 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 I'm sorry. I want to get to that question, but actually this reminds me, Stephen and I always talk about financing growth. Um, you know, do you cash, do you finance? Obviously, you know, 
you raise a little bit of money too. Like you got these machines, you've moved three times to bigger warehouses, you know, you're buying inventory. Um, how do you look at that part of the business when you're growing? So financing it, um, I've yeah, been like, lucky. is it cash going back in or is it, is it, it's been, for me, it's been all cash going back in. So, um, you know, I was fortunate enough that my wife did have a business as well. That was doing really well. I had, you know, I pretty much saved all my money from the NFL as well. So, uh, if I was a normal person and I didn't have that saved up, it would have been really, really hard because I didn't take a paycheck for you know two and a half years, like I said earlier. But um, I was able to do that and, and just put it all back into the company. So I've even the always, equipment too, buying out right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hmm. everything. It's like you, Steven. Where, Chris, where'd you learn that like business background? Like how'd you how'd you get? Because this is people listening. to This are probably jealous. Like you know, where uh, where did you learn that? So my dad's been in business for 32 years, uh, selling fitness equipment. So I got to grow up, you know, working in his warehouses, delivering fitness equipment for him. So I had like the ultimate, uh, you know, resource if I needed it. Unfortunately, I didn't really listen to him that much when I first started the business and I probably should have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there are some things that you probably should finance and some things that you shouldn't, but, uh, man, I was, I was lucky enough just to have the cash flow. So. I just, I always just paid for everything up front, but, uh, ended up, my dad's biggest tip was also buy the warehouse. So we bought the warehouse right away as well. Um, and so we can rent it back to ourselves. It's always, you know, a, a nice little source of income. If I did, you know, sell the company or we moved to another location, I'd still have that as well. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, um, definitely fortunate to be able to do that. And most people can't. So, um, when you Bought that location too. Is that the latest one, the largest? Because you said you moved a few times. For sure, yeah. That that's the the latest one that we bought. Got it. Bought it thinking we'd be in there for a while, and and I think we still will. I think we'll start using some three PL and fulfillment partners for some of our larger stuff, and then um, you know for the customization and B to C stuff, we can always keep that in the warehouse that we have now. Yeah. What, what is, and, and what is the, some of the scaling challenges now and, and you know, where, where you see things going over the next year? Man, scaling wise, it's just, uh, man, it's, it's forecasting and trying to figure out what you actually need in stock. It has been tough. Uh, we continuously run out of product. It's extremely frustrating. It's got to the point where I'm shipping full containers to other fulfillment centers just in case, just so we have backup, um, for instance, like right now, our top sellers have been out for almost a month uh, because my my inventory has been sitting in LAX for for over a month now. You know, it's here. Ugh. I ordered in time. Um, I was told today that two containers just got on the rail to Dallas. I hope it's actually true because they've been telling me that for three weeks now. So it's literally just a prayer. It is. That, dude, every time they text me, they put the prayer hands on there. Like it's supposed to get on the rail today with prayer hands, and I'm like. This is insane. It's, it, that that's what it comes down to is um, you know just kind of almost getting lucky that they pick your. We could, we could, yeah we could do a whole another episode on doing that during COVID. <laughs> so right now the um, biggest challenge and like what I'm talking about to with my team is like hey you know, should I just order six months extra inventory? Which I mean it sucks because it eats my cash flow, eats up my warehouse space. Uh, you know it, it's it's rough, but what's worse is when I don't have it. So. Uh, it's kind of the conversations that we're having right now is how much and, and where should we put it? Because it, it's a nightmare when you run out, especially for a month. 
Chris, what's like, um, have you ever, me and Bruce talk a lot about exit strategy, right? Like what's, you know, what, what is in it for you? Is this something you feel like you want to own for a really long time? Is this something you want to like, you know, uh, you obviously have investors and things like that too, right? Uh, what, what is the game plan? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, man, for sure. Um, I have four kids now. My oldest is five. So, uh, I do want to get four to kids under five. Yeah, it's mayhem over here, man. Absolute mayhem. Hey, you got Packers. You got to pick a Packers, though. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, yeah. At some point. <laughs> I, got, I got some workers, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I hope it comes to that point. I hope I still have it at that point where, you know, growing to a, to a point where, um, you know, I could have the whole family in on it. And, um, you know, for me, I, I always see it as you know, I'm young. Like, I, I don't – I'm not – and I didn't start it for the money to start with in the first place. You know, I started because it, it was something I'd like to do. It was an industry I wanted to be in. So I'll continue doing it until I feel like uh, it's not fun anymore. Uh, but really, our goal is to grow at least 30% every year. Um, at that point, you know, we're three, four years away from having a hundred million dollar valuation on the company. If we continue going 30, just 30%, I mean, it's hard. It gets harder every year to grow 30%, but, um, you can, and we have been doing it. So, uh, that's kind of the goal there. And then, you know, if I'm enjoying it, keep going. Um, I think you just, you could always build out an amazing team too. And I got to take, I got to take some of it off my plate at some point though. You know, I, I'm still way too deep in it. Um, I'm sure as you saw, like I'm still putting orders in myself. Um, yeah, I mean, you're like answering my emails, like all hours of the day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, and here's something that's funny in 2018, March 1st, I don't know when you guys aired. We aired, uh, 2017 uh, in October. Okay. So March 1st, 2018, I DM'd you guys <laughs> oh, uh, really? saying, Hey, uh, I own a screen printing apparel company. We work on college campuses. We're based out of the University of Illinois. I think you guys could be huge on our campus. I'd love to talk. And you messaged me back and goes, hey, uh, we'd love to hear more. Uh, please send your info to Chris, uh, uh, Ice Shaker. And I don't know what happened after that. I've got to go dig through my emails. Yeah, I man, literally I, just thought about that right now. And I'm like. You probably, you probably emailed me, though. And at that point, I, I was so underwater that there was, there was probably no chance I could even handle your order at that point. So. <laughs> So much but is <laughs> it's super cool to see you still in it. You know, it's like, okay, we talk about a hundred million dollar valuation. You're still putting in orders. You're still on the ground floor. You're still producing content every single day. Um, and I just think it's, it's, it's super cool for other shop owners to see that, um, to see that you're doing it. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah, yeah. it's been good. I mean, if you want to get to that next level though, you have to, you have to take that off your plate and, and sure. the goal, the goal for 2023 and every year I have a new goal, but for this year it was, you know, I was still engraving. I was going in at 4am, uh, last year, you know, 4am I'd work from four to nine engraving, just trying to get extra orders out the door, come home from nine to five and, and, and work on the actual business and then put the kids to sleep and, and jump back on the computer at eight and work till about 1030. So that yeah, was so shot. It, it was insane. Uh, so my goal, this year was just not to go in the warehouse anymore, you know, really just pass that responsibility off. And, uh, I have, like, I, I don't go in and engrave unless, you know, someone's in town. I want to show them, you know, the lasers and kind of, kind of show them the warehouse and stuff like that. But are you, you guys are in Dallas, Chris? We are. Yeah. We're in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah. We'll be there next week, actually. Yeah. Um, we'll be there. I'll have to go in the warehouse then. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there Friday. Don't let Steven get in the warehouse. We're we're all uh, they, so, we're working so, on psychologically Chris, keeping him out too. 
they try to keep me out because they say it's like Hurricane Steven coming through. Like, <laughs> clear out. Steven's here. Like, something's... So, like, I purposely don't go in. It's probably better for everyone else, you know? Steven was um, texting me, Chris, uh, like 1 a.m. the other night, moving presses and uh, just, like, you know, making space for fulfillment and everything. But... Um, <laughs> got to do what you got to do. For sure, <laughs> what do you, man. Uh, wrapping up, what do you think, like, learning from the NFL and just being an athlete uh, and training and all that it, it, are some learnings that people could take with running a business? Yeah, man, it's very similar. And it's actually more similar than I realized at first. But, you know, the, the hard work, the discipline, obviously you need all that, especially as a business owner, because you're going to get hit with everything, you know, at all hours, especially when you first started up. So, uh, you know, just having that discipline and hard work, that, that was cool. But really, at the end of the day, it comes down to teamwork and being able to build a team. Uh, and like I was like I was saying, you know, I was the head coach. I was the assistant coach. I was the player. I was the freaking trainer. I was everything, man, at first. And uh, it doesn't work. Like eventually, you know, it's too much. You can't scale. You're going to burn out. And that's kind of where I was at. I got kind of lucky that um, the pandemic hit and it kind of forced me to have to stay at home. Uh, I also had my third kid at the same time. So three kids at home, a pandemic. Uh, I literally couldn't do all the work myself anymore. So that's when I kind of sat back and I reached out to mentors like my dad uh, other business owners in the area. And they were like, man, you got to build a team. Like, what, what are you doing? You know, build a team, you know, put together a budget and forecast, which was huge for me as well. You know, we were always kind of like, Hey, you know, if it works, spend more money. You know, if, if the Facebook ads are working, just kick more at it. But there was really no game plan at the end of the day. So sitting down, um, breaking the business into different pillars and putting a budget and forecast on each one was huge. Um, but yeah, man, like really what it came down to, everything I learned from the NFL, what it really came down to was was just teamwork. You know, build that same structure that's in the locker room, put that in your business. You know, if you were the CEO, you're the head coach. You know, your job isn't to run the football on game day. You know, your your job is to let make sure everyone knows what they're doing and that you build an amazing team. And that's where I have to get to. Uh, I'm trying to get there still. I've done a much better job of it, but um that if you want to be successful, that's what you gotta get to. It's big. Sweet. I appreciate it. I, I think one big takeaway that, that keeps is, is a recurring um, theme is it is okay to create a high quality product and charge for that and, and not be a bottom feeder, you know, and, and strive to be on the top end um, and, and use the quality of the product to back that up. And, uh, you know, you've done it with Ice Shaker. We've done it with guests that we've had on here. So, um Cool to see it. Awesome to see the growth too. Uh, I, I I just love seeing business owners like as as people hit those next rungs and, and are struggling because it's hard. And um, this is amazing. So iceshaker.com, you can check it out. They've got the retail, the wholesale side. Chris Gronkowski, appreciate your time. I'm sure you're you're busy. You got to throw some more cups on. Uh, oh wait, no 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 no. Chris, Not throwing cups on the yeah, yeah. Stephen, Chris, you're out. Nine to guys in the town. Yeah, we'll be there on uh, Friday. I think we fly on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, right. you got to stop by the warehouse. We'll hit you up. <laughs> All right. Chris, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take it easy. See ya.